Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast, and today I have got one half of the dynamic duo, one of the OGs and the of a movement, especially while I was at university. Um, they are still repping and kicking it, and I had the privilege of seeing them recently at Jazz Dummy's uh, uh, event for his uh, for his brother, and it just reminded me the 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 classics that these got these guys have done and the sheer work that they've um, achieved. And, uh, you know, this is hopefully I can ask some of those burning questions today and get them, get them answered. So uh, welcome to Rav, one half of the Punjabi hit squad. Yo, what's going on? You cool? I wish I had one of those sirens, you know, the ones you go. That's what you need. One of those ones. I think that's where I heard it the most that you guys on the set, especially (laughs) on radio. How are you keeping it? anyway? Yes, all good. Just been uh, busy touring and I think that's keeping us really, really active currently. So yeah, it's just been a mad uh, couple of months and yeah, just looking forward to the new year really now. Do you think in, um, a bit of a strange question, but is touring starting to get gets easier as you get older? No, I think it gets harder. Um, I think the expectation, I think uh, friends, families, you know, when you should be spending uh, years with, like, the ones that you love, you realise that actually uh, there's, you know, more demand for you. Um, but I think, you know, at the same time, it's still great to be um, touring and, you know, going across the world. And, you know, and also you get bougier as you as you start to get older, right? <laughs> so, you know, while, while the Ryanair flights sitting at the back of the plane is all cool when you're like, you know, you might be 21. Now, as you get older, you know, you kind of start going, mm, maybe I might just start paying for like a bigger leg room and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah the, the game's still the game, but it's just changed a little bit. Yeah, I see this. It's, it's like a competition with artists that you, um, <laughs> where they, like, they're in business class or we're in this class. And it's like, I don't give a shit. It's like, you know nah. what I mean? It's like, that, that's a personal thing for, for you to do, but like, to be honest, no, no, nobody cares. So if you're, I don't know, if you're going to America to go and DJ or you're going to Dubai or whatever it is, the people only care that you, is that you touch down. They don't care if you've had a nice relaxing journey, you've had a bottle of champagne on the way. All that they care is that you're there to perform and turn up for them. So yeah, that, that that's all that ever matters. Do, do, do you ever look at sort of the, the up and comers, right? Let's say from, from, from your side and just think, Oh, you you have no clue what's coming. Like you just do you start in, not in a not in a patronizing way or anything like that because I, I know you're not that kind of person. But like when you, you've got that, you know, when, like a parent when they think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just wait when you're running your own house. You just wait. <laughs> do you, does those kind of thoughts come in your head? 
I mean, I think I. I mean, you know, I. I would if there was something that an artist that you know that we're close to, or you know, somebody who we're around is doing something that I know is definitely gonna um, be detrimental to their career. You know, I will. We will pull them up and go, yo, like, you know, maybe not do something like this, or maybe switch up, or whatever it might be. But I think most of the thing, I mean, you know, it's the same thing with us, is that most of our um, lessons have come from certain failures or certain things that we haven't seen. So I think sometimes as an artist, you've got to go through that situation to then realise, you know, what not to do next time around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but to be honest, I think the artists nowadays are quite clued on. I think they quite they learn the game quite well. So, you know, there's not many artists that, you know, go go outside of what they're meant to be doing, you know. We kind of just tell main things that we tell any of our artists or any of the artists that we're around is just kind of just stay in your lane and just make sure that, um, you know, that you're giving out the best product you can and to always put the fans first, really, you know. So, you know, whether that be giving them music or, you know, if you're um, doing something, you know, what would how would your fans feel about this? What would they say about this? So, you know, if you're, you know, drinking and you know getting up to mischief or whatever it is how would your fans feel about this and don't forget when i say fans you might have fans from the age of like say 12 13 years old all the way up to 70 80 even you know you know so you got to really um see the dynamic of what it is that you know you're kind of trying to portray out there you know so if you are having that lifestyle whatever it is understand that your fans are younger your younger fans might see that and go oh it's okay for me to do that and then they might copy you, but they might get into trouble for that. And then they, they'll end up blaming you. So sometimes you have a little bit of responsibility as an artist to turn around and make sure that you're portraying the right thing. And also trying to make sure that you're mentoring even the people that you might not speak to, but through your music and through your actions as well. Yeah. I mean, like you've been, um, you know, as a as a brand, as a movement, you've been going for over 20 years now. Um and it's crazy when you know when you start thinking about those when those numbers kind of come around. But that's from when you've been sort of famed and and come into it. What was the early life of Punjabi Hit Squad, and how did you guys form? So initially, like we formed, basically, like D and I were um, a part of Asian DJ culture, um, and Mark was Marky Mark with um, you know he was formerly with Maximum Energy. We kind of just connected through. Clubs, really, you know, Mark used to run a nightclub, Limelight, um, Hot and Spicy on a Tuesday night, and we was DJ there. But we also became good friends through all of that. Um, and then I guess, like, in, like, the 2000, in 2000, 2001, we just kind of got together and were like, look, you know, we can see that the music is going, um, inverted commas, mainstream. Um, but there was an uptake of, basically, the wrong music getting out to those people, so when you think of um, when you think of like I don't know when a brand would come across and go yeah you know we want the latest Bhangra song and all of a sudden there'll be like a drum bass song mixed with a little bit of double R put into it that wasn't really representative of what yeah, we the, were listening the, to in the club yeah, yeah 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 so you know it kind of really really got us to really thinking that unless somebody took this and really kind of started pushing it in the right direction. Um, only then we'll be able to kind of start forming a, a bigger movement. So we formed with Punjabi Hit School with that in mind. With also that we want to release music, um, and you know, kind of be active within club culture and 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 mainstream culture as well. And we kind of started succeeding that, but then it really really blew up when we started on One Extra. Yeah. Um, which is then when we kind of 
started to really take our broadcasting career. We'd done bits before that, but this was like a real, real big step in broadcasting. Plus, it also gave us an outlet to, again, like I said, push the right music in the right places. Yeah. So, you I'm... know, go on, sorry. No, because, I, I, you know, just from, from as a punter point of view, like seeing, when I used to see some of your names attached to certain you know, singers, and I'm not talking like you're you're running the mill. I'm talking like Mariah Carey, your Ashanti. There was a yeah. Jay Z mix. There was loads, loads of things. And I think your successes now, looking back, have been so underplayed, in my opinion. It's yeah. almost criminal in some ways because <laughs> when you know there was interesting. Roach Killer put out um, a post over the weekend where he was talking yeah. about who the OGs are and doing this. Yeah, and then it was in the comments. Well, well, you forgot this person. What about this person? What about this this person? Yeah, and yeah. I think when you actually break it down, how who are the people who amalgamated that all together because of that mainstream that you were still giving when you were on your broadcast and you were giving opportunity to up and comers. You still do, and yeah. but at that time it was really rare because when you had PMC blowing off, when you had everything else there, you guys got into that into that mainstream market to get in there. But did your peers then start treating you different as well? We're thinking, hang on, we should be in that space as well. Um, not in a bad way, if that makes sense. Like there wasn't a hate to say that, you know, like we should be there or whatever it is. I think if anything, there was this competitive spirit that came across, you know, um, and if I was to create this scenario, I really hope the situation was that, we were doing these mixes and then Dr. Zeus, who would be working upstairs in Cam Frantic Studio, would be like, you know what, I need to get on this as well and then starts producing songs. And then, you know, like it might be, you know, RDB or whoever it is. Like, I hope it wasn't like a, a hate thing. I really, really hope it was more of a, you know, they're doing it, we can do it. You know, and I think that really came together um, on our Desi Beats album for Def Jam, which is where we put, like, you know, your Juggy D. Juggy, this is before Juggy D had his album, Saunier. This is before Ragav had, you know, had blown up. These are all times where, like, all those new stars were coming up, but also we had to kind of represent the the legends that were already around us, you know, like Punjabi MC and, and Tiger Style and all these. You know, we want to make sure that basically it was all coming up at the same time. You know, I've never ever had a situation or I don't think we've ever had a situation where it came across as that there was any hate towards us. Mm. But I guess if you're in, in a competing industry, I reckon, I reckon, you know, there was probably a bit of like, are they doing it? We should be doing it too. Yeah. And I commend that at the end of the day, you know, why shouldn't you be doing this? The thing is that a lot of people think that, um, uh, a scene, a music scene or a music genre can just be one person. It can't. It has to be everyone. It has to be DJ Sanji. It has to be Punjabi MC. It has to be Target Style. It has to be, you know, um, it has to be all of these people all at one time pushing and breaking down every single door you can ever imagine. You know, and some people walked through it and some people didn't. And and if you didn't, that's not a problem. You tried. If you did, great. You know, did you carry on? What happened after that? There's so much going on with this whole story that came from UK Bangra music. Um, that transformed into Desi Beats music. That I think that's really the story that kind of gets lost in translation. So, how do you define what Desi Beats means? What 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 is it for you? So, I guess that I guess that at the time um, when the term was coined, um, there was this whole thing of that people didn't. Number one, we got really really confused and jarred when people used to call it Bongra or Bangra. 
there, there wasn't really like this whole, you know, and then the amount of times that we would try to explain to him is Bhangra music or, you know, Punjabi music. There was, there was just too much of a, of a, of a wide definition going on. So now people say, what was the difference between Bollywood or, and Bhangra? You know, there was all these kind of things going. And also Bhangra music didn't come from the UK. You know, it, it came from India, Punjab. You know, these are, these are the things it, it kind of happened. So, what would happen is, is that when you'd have those situations happening, um, we needed something that kind of represented what we were doing, what was happening from the UK. Um, and that kind of just amalgamated into something called Desi Beats. You know, we just had to think of a name that that kind of represented where we were from. And the name was already going, getting flung around a little bit anyway. And I guess it just stuck, you know, um, it stuck to the point where a radio show was called out, our first, you know, Def Jam album was called out. Um, you know, and I think many, many things came through that. And I think a lot of the artists were actually okay with that term. So, you know, that that's kind of how it worked. If you were looking back on it now, um, obviously with your experienced eyes um, and your lenses in terms of relationships and that, what is there anything that you would change when you when you were first starting? What was the biggest thing that you, that you that you um, that a you noticed and you would have you would have tweaked? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I I think I wish that um, I wish we could have gone forward in time to then understand, to look back and go how successful, how great that we all were at the time. And uh, um, I think what really, really affected a lot of people was the politics uh, in between labels more than between artists and I think obviously with what happened was is that our music scene you know with any music scene is quite politics fueled anyway and you know you can't work with that person I've got that singer and that person you know we were quite young and then all of a sudden we've still got that going on but then now our music scene has completely jumped off quickly and you know the uptake in Asian music was so fast and the mainstream wanted it and our usual clients wanted it and the people wanted it so quickly. So, but I think that we never really at that time grew out of that state of mind. And then what happened was, is that everyone was selling everything to labels at a cheap price. We were selling the culture really, really cheap. Um, but again, at the time you didn't know that you were doing that because you were just, you know, any label will come to you and say, can we have a mix of this or can you do this? And we were like, yeah, cool. We can. And you know, it'd be, it'll be worth like 200 pounds, you know, when really and truly we should have really, really tried to keep hold of that a lot more because you know with the the beautiful thing about our music scene was it was already self you know it was self-reliant it was already doing we already had the mechanism in, we had the distribution we had the outlets we had the people we had tv channels we had print media we had our own culture going on and complete like ecosystem within the ecosystem that mm. that kind of you know worked we didn't need anyone else, you know, actually the only thing that we needed from the mainstream was just the exposure side of things. So I think if people started to understand that that's the only thing we needed, you know, it, you know, if you, if you wanted to get a marketing campaign or whatever it is done, a national radio campaign, you know, um, at, at one point it might cost you say 5,000 pounds. But to be honest, if you were to turn around and ask an uncle or someone, whatever, or even your friend circle, y'all need to raise five thousand pounds and let's do this, you'd probably be able to do that as well without selling your soul. So that way around, you kind of retained yeah. 
your 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 ownership and i guess that again that's another thing is retaining ownership of your songs and of your rights and your masters which again was is another conversation but you know i guess looking back that's the kind of things that i would you know we would have had more of a conversation about to a lot of the artists was like how do you retain all of the art that you're making and and make sure that basically you're paid for for the future and that a big major label you know isn't paid for in the future because they're going to be okay <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting that because over the last month or so, I've been really getting involved and um, looking at the PRS sort of side of things. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that discussion is coming over towards podcasting and mm -hmm. into different areas. And the 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 amount of stories of people not having major hits, having all this kind of back catalogue and have no idea where who owns their stuff and where it's gone and people living off it and taking all, all those royalties. Because it's interesting, the language that you've said is very, very professional. And it's one of my bugbears where the industry, the South Asian industry, especially the Punjabi folk industry or the Pangra scene, didn't really have that kind of professionalism in there. It was all kind of gentlemen's agreements to input the politics there, things not written down as much. And it was kind of like, okay, here's this on your way. Thank you very much. Good, yeah. good night. Um, but, but also, you, sorry, just, just sorry. to add to that, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting fault at, at anyone, but also, you know, sometimes when singers, Punjabi singers used to come to the UK, they used to operate in that kind of way. Course. So it wasn't that, listen, buddy, we want to do everything like this. We want to give you a split. They want to, like, there wasn't that actual, um, there wasn't actually that going on. There was a lot of things going on. Listen, guys, I'm here. I'm going to sing a song. You pay me and you do what you want with the song. There was a lot of that going on as well. So, you know, I think that there, there might have been a certain section of deception in some circumstances, but a lot of the time it was just, you know singers that would come into the uk or singers that were from the uk they just one day equated success with how, however many songs they had out there and for them they couldn't really be bothered to worry about um this whole thing called prs and registering and you know waiting for money to come in in little bits what they didn't understand that actually that that money is like a like a you know it's like a payment plan that you get later on in life you know or whatever it is that the money comes in it might not come in 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 big bits every single month, but it comes in slowly enough so that you can then turn around and make a retirement plan or, you know, whatever it might be. So a lot of the artists didn't really understand that. They just like, look, let's just take the big money now because if I've got £250 now, you know, this song might not be great or it might not blow up. I might only make £5 and then later on down the line. So I might as well take the 250 now and I'm gone with it. You know, so a lot of artists did do that, you know. So sometimes... You know, it, it isn't as black and white when people say, oh, you know, oh, this person didn't get their credit and that person didn't get it. They didn't get their credit or they didn't get the money they deserved or, or whatever it might be was because they, they didn't want it at that time. You know, I've worked with singers where they were just like, basically, look, you just pay me what I tell you and you guys do whatever you want. I don't want none of this. This is your 15%, 20% or whatever it might be. So, you know, sometimes you just got to, kind of let the business side of things go you know as long as you're as long as you're being clean-hearted with it and you're being upfront with it then i guess that's all you can really hope for you know yeah I, you just you kind of answer the question i was going to say which was in oh. terms of like you're trying to bring a professional market model knowing what how you're dealing with the mainstream and your connections into a market that that isn't 
and then trying to convince them to say, look, in the long run, in your interest, it's this. And they go, no, no, we want the cash. We want to do this, like, yeah. see you later, and, and I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of just what the culture was. Um, and, you know, now I hear some stories of people coming back and going, oh, you know, we weren't. But, you know, you signed the paperwork, you know, and again, like the paperwork states, you need to get this checked out by a lawyer. But, you know, your best friend who came with you in the car is not a lawyer. You know, again, you know, cash is king. So for them, you know, I really hope that a lot of the artists that did do that back in the day, that they took their cash and they invested it in a place where they could do more with it. Um, you know, but I mean, I've, I've never really had anyone come back to me and go that this is a situation. You know, we've always given fair credit and, and fair everything, even when, you know, we've been told not to or they've, God, look, you know, we, we're doing a different plan here. Um, but those those kind of contracts exist, though. So, you know, it's not it, not every contract is a bad contract. It's just that, you know, you have to turn around and be fair and careful, and especially if you're dealing with an artist that is also giving up the art because that's kind of what it means at the end of the day is the art, right? You know, we're creating art when we get in the studio and, and make music for a song, um, a singer's coming in, he's using his voice or her voice to turn around and create a piece of art. So I think everyone should be fairly compensated for that. Where did you as an individual start getting your musical influences from? So what was your musical journey? Um, musical journey. So I think the biggest musical inspiration has been coming from Southall. Um, and also with that, I was surrounded by DJs uh, left, right and centre as you know, most people know about Southall. Um, everyone's either a builder, a DJ, <laughs> or or a shop owner, one or the other. So you know, um, that's kind of one of the biggest imp- inspirations that we got from. But I think as um, as I was around those circles and my friend circles as well, we're, we were just all into music. You know, we were into you know watching the great Indian dancers dance and you know figure out um, how music came into that door playing. Um, you know, playing. Th- we were around all of these things, and I think that's just that kind of got the bug for me in terms of knowing that I wanted to go down this path. Mm. And then, kind of when I got out of high school, it kind of was like, look, I want to be a DJ. This is what I'm good at doing. Um, but also, how do I break the trend that is currently going on? You know, how w- what what can I do to help that move along? What was the, tre- what was the trend that needed breaking? I guess I, I guess uh, I guess the trend that needed breaking was that um, number one, there was um there was this asian underground scene going on that um wasn't representative of what i was wanting to do mm. um you know and i respect that music scene that's cool but you know from where i was growing up the stars were b21 jazzy b you know they you know for us it wasn't really um you know the talvin sings and all the rest of it you know, but not to say that that wasn't for other people, just wasn't for, for, for what where where I was. So um, you know, I think that there's like there there was this thing of that that I just wanted to make sure that then, you know, those kind of people that I just mentioned were were getting were getting forward and and was and was getting their dues. So when I started to go to Limelight and I started to meet Mark and I started to go out to clubs, then when I got there I was like, yo, this is what people are playing. You know, we are playing 
um, homegrown acts like B21 and and 4x4 and, yeah. you know, uh, DIP and all these people and Zeus and, you know, all these kind of stars. Also, you know, we were playing Sudur Sekundar. We were also playing Mukit Singh. You know, we were playing Hira still at that time. You know, Alap and all, like, all these things were just coexisting. And, you know, um, some of the bands, while they were, might have been from Punjab, but they were in the UK. They were in the West Midlands. They were in London. They were in Glasgow. They were in Huddersfield. They were, they were in all these places. So, you know, I think like I just we just want to make sure that 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 kind of came across because I can speak about and I can make music coming from uh, a Punjabi person in the UK. I can't really speak about and do music from the point of view of somebody in Punjab because I'm not in Punjab. So I think it's quite unfair when you know people make songs that are not really associated to them or they don't understand the 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 what's going on in the song and what comes around it. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that's the only thing that really, really we want to change. We want to make sure that um, the music that we were doing and we were putting together and we were putting out and we were playing to was getting to the forefront. So, you know, does that, do you still have those feelings now in terms of when you, especially if you're kind of playing abroad where if you, your, your, your knowledge, your music, eclectic knowledge when you're as a DJ, for example, you need to know your audience as much as you can. So, you know, when you're making, when you're choosing your songs, the, the conscious decisions of like, what well, I'm going to play those genres, do, how do you kind of upskill and maintain that knowledge? So I think, I think in terms of like choosing our DJ sets, and I think um, going around it, I think we kind of start with Punjabi hits called Southall, right? Now we have that. That's your, that's that's your base. That's, that's our starting point. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, our starting point for that is always high high because the song is made in South or you know I'm going was... to get to that. I'm going to get to... yeah right. So so you know that that's our starting point. And now you know the the music scene that we came through was like that UK bungra garage thing. So now we incorporate that into our sets. Um, now on top of that, you know we incorporate that you know hip hop was another big influence into our sets. So you know you incorporate you know your your Mundi Atabatikas into that situation. And of course, you know, trying to mix those in with all the other people now that are coming through that have that same influence. Also now coming to the outside of it now, you know, having the influence of say Diljit Dosanjh and his contribution, you know, um, to the Musiala, of course, Goran Orsla, you know, and new stars as well. So when you're formulating something like that, it's really important that we kind of stick to exactly what we're trying to say with our thing. You know, um, we made this mistake many a times and, you know, that you know, you go somewhere and um, you know, all of a sudden you are Punjabi hits got people have seen you and they've and they've seen you perform in a way, and then you perform something completely different to what is actually what your core is meant to be. So and I think it's quite difficult to do that because, you know, um I think you're kind of selling yourself short, you know. And oh. I think it in the scene that in the in, in the way that in the way that we're putting out the music currently I think it's really important that you that you stand on something and you have something to put out there. So, you know, if you are a DJ who's really, really, um, who's really invested into, um, you know, matters that happen in Punjab, you know, and, you know, you have your Instagram page, your Twitter or X feed is all about all these issues, everything. And, you know, you come on and start playing um, R&B music, it's a little bit weird because, you know, people are expecting you to come up and maybe um, play songs that are associated with, with things that happen in Punjab or whatever it might be. So yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's just what it is. If you're just a D, some people just class themselves as DJs, but I think, I think we're in it. We're in a time right now that you can really, really specialize in what you're doing and still be popular and still be famous. Really interesting. You said that, and I never really thought of it in that way. Cause I know a few kind of artists or DJs who go to different kind of countries and they play a completely different set than what was going to be in the UK. Um, and yeah. that, and I, I did ask them, and that is basically to ensure that they get another booking there. So yeah, it, it's, it's it's a battle then between bookings and brand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and 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 also I don't I don't I don't um, want to chuck anyone under the bus or anything about that. It's fine if you do that, but you have to figure out a way of how you blend that in. Yeah, you know, because you know I and this is just as an example, you can't scream. Um, justice for Sidi Musiala and then go and play you know a song that features Gangana Ronath in it or whatever it might be those kind of things you know can't really coexist in that kind of way there has to be some kind of blend you know and I know DJs might turn around and say well you know I'm just a DJ I'm just playing the songs or I'm playing to a crowd that's cool I think what I find what I will find really amazing and is that when a DJ will do that and then he finds a place of where he can represent yeah. who he is and it works, you know? So I think it is that with us as well, that, you know, we will play a UK garage bungra set, wherever it might be, you know, in uh, Germany, let's just say. And, it, but then we will still take time to be like, okay, cool. These people are having a great time and all the rest of it, but we now need to name check the people that, actually were a part of making this happen so yeah, yeah. We, you know we will you know do a little tribute to Sid Musiala and you know we will make sure that you know these kind of people are name checked and and, and bought into the mix because I think it's important that especially us as Punjabi hit squad to make sure that those um sacrifices that those people made just don't go unnoticed do you um where where have you you know on your tours or where have you been where have you had the most unexpected response um, the most unexpected response has just been in uh, Delhi and Mumbai. Um, amazing events. Um, went out there thinking that we were going to end up playing in Mumbai, Bollywood music. So, again, prepared set lists that yeah, were, yeah. again, reflective of what we're doing. Yeah, 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 of course. But again, you that know, makes, making that sure blend, that the blend. that makes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got there and that got thrown out within three songs. Like, they were just <laughs> like, if you don't play hi hi and this song and that song and then we ended up playing like an hour and a half of just uk punk or garage stuff so if you can just imagine it was like the uh the rdbs all that kind of stuff that's what we wanted and we were just like wow you know the music scene over there is really really changing and and hats off to the people that are are, are making it change yeah, yeah. over there but there is like this this whole renaissance of um of UK Bangra Garage that's coming through. And also not only just UK Bangra Garage, but also like UK Garage music. You know, people over there wanted So Solid Crew and I haven't heard anyone request So Solid Crew yeah, for a long more time. Fire crew. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and and it and it's and it's great to, to have that. And then, you know, when we're mixing in, you know, we have like a door player with us, drumline, uh, jazz, you know, when he's mixing in his beats with it. And also doing it like the way that we do it in the UK, not the way that they have it. You know, we have our own way of doing things you know they loved it and that surprised us and then you know going to delhi as well again same thing it's just it's just crazy it's just changing and it's an amazing way i'm gonna have a moan now <laughs> right i was um 
I was looking at all this boiler room stuff that came out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it, and it's all over my feed. And the yeah. more I've seen, the more vexed I'm getting, right? <laughs> one, the one is because I'm looking at there, there's no one my age, right? <laughs> the second one is when I'm seeing you guys there and people trying to tell me about Punjabi Hit Squad. Yeah. And, you know, it's being sold as a new concept the way. And I was like, these fuckers were doing it back then. <laughs> right. So, the, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like rebranded, rehashed and done it from that side. And I was like, yeah. You don't understand. These guys started that over here, and they've done it from there. And like now, they're getting their flowers. What about yeah. for the past twenty years, where the flowers should have been given out? Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, that was my that my, that was like kind of my moan there because I was like, you're you're getting kind of new school, and they're doing all this, and it's fantastic yeah. to see the renaissance of it. And I think that's the correct yeah. word, the renaissance. Yeah. Of it. yeah. Um. But I just think all those acts and who have been and gone, who have not had the chance to kind of be celebrated, and I'm just seeing it in now, and other people trying to take the credit for it and do it. I, I just that that was my main mo- moaning point, that my frustration. I mean, again, like I think that. Am I right? You know, firstly, or you, am I wrong? I, no, you. I think I think you're right. You know, I think there's a, a general thing that why is it taking this long? number one and also like but then also you know people are turning into their granddads and their dads you know when you know you can just imagine when b21 came out oh they don't know how to sing or even before that when a lot of you know oh they don't know how to write song right so the generation before will always have something to complain about because yeah to them in their heyday they had it you know so they always have something to complain along i think with us we've kind of always adapted around that you know can you just imagine that when Imran Khan first came out with Amplifier, and I remember when it first came out, and I remember that the comment section was just absolutely ripping the guy. What is he talking about? Amplifier, this song, too slow. It's, oh, it's hip-hop. You know, what has this guy done to his career? Like, he had all of it. Yeah. And yet, when you look at it, he's produced not only one of the best songs ever, but also the one of the best albums that anyone has ever heard in terms of fusion between Desi music and urban music, you know, and I think that's what it is. I think the the concept of boiler room's been around for like 12 years, 13 years or whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that they came into the scene at the right time, you know, um, and others might have done it before that or whatever it might be. And, and yeah, that's yeah. cool. But for us, it was like, yeah, you know, they might have done it before. Other people might have jumped on this and there might be people that are trying to claim it. But they've never come to Southall. They've never, it's like, they've you know, never the, had the Diljeet song played. And yeah, never, it's, exactly. It's just, I yeah. think, you know what it is? And I, and I, maybe, you know, I am, as you get older, you do turn into your parents or something like that. You, you do complain. <laughs> but I think it, it's, it's not for my benefit. It's for, you, you know, when Desi Beats came out, you had Bali Jagpal, uh, General Levy, Dr. Zeus, you know, there was yeah. commercial songs that yeah. should have crossed over and made it and, you know, yeah. gone a lot more successful. And yeah. th- at that time, then you had Timbaland using Indian flutes, using all mm. these other bits. And, I, and I've seen that phase once. Yeah. Now I see the, the, the phase coming again, but more mm. about the obsession of the brown pound. And I think it's not 
and I, and I think because the mainstream labels are so experienced in utilizing exploiting cultures in terms of taking the the, the music getting it is so dispo- dispensable that they take it and then go off mm-hmm. i just don't want to see that same thing happening now especially as we're at a pivotal point i feel in the culture where yeah. we've got uk talent the 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 majority of music coming out now is coming out with less and less musical Punjabi instruments in those tracks, mm-hmm. which is going to have a knock on with the culture. Less mm-hmm. and less speaking Punjabi in 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 families and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel that there's a perfect storm happening here, and I'm a bit oversensitive to it in in that well, way. Well, I think I I I understand what you're saying, and I also look at the flip side of the coin which is what I'm seeing is a lot more people um, come back into learning about Asian culture that might have necessarily not, might have just gone away from it, you know, and um, it's also thanks to people like Raf Sapera um, that, you know, he is, he's, he's up in that world. He's up where um, the mainstream are talking about him. Um, and yes, he has his biggest song, which is Not Less Sonia, which is a garage song. But he's also making sure that he does a tour with door players and you know, or Gozo players and, and he's got live singing and he's got all of these things that are coming together. So while there is the sense of that, yeah, you know what, he, you know, the mainstream might just take this and run with it or, you know, they might take all of those bits out of it. He's trying his hardest to make sure to say, cool, you know, I'm also going to bring through the culture that came with it. So, you know, I think more and more people are are starting to understand that and kind of bring that. And also I see that there is a lot of people that are not willing to turn around and sell out our culture mm. for cheap anymore as what it used to be. Yeah. Um, because now there is a culture you get called out on it very quickly. So people don't really want to do that. And I think that's a, that, that's a good thing. You know, um, the generation of, of young DJs and young um, creatives that I speak to now, they're very, very... Um, on board with this whole thing of like you know when people want to design things or you know they want to do t-shirts or branding with anyone you know let it be that they do it with a brand creative let it, you know if they if they're doing something um you know about Punjab um you know make sure that the artist or somebody around there is Punjabi or you know somebody on the board is Punjabi so that you know it's authentic where it's coming from and what it's doing and all these kind of things. So I think it's really, really important that those kind of situations are happening. Um, I guess it's just up to the artist or the people to, to make sure that that carries on in that way, really, you know, it has to be that, that, you know, that your, that your culture is spoken about um, correctly and kept to a high standard because otherwise then you're right. It gets diluted and, you know, you don't want that to happen. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think what's... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Different from like now and let's say phase one when it first happened. 
was that I think where you're able to have conversations like these and and debates with people who who were who were there like and experienced it firsthand like yourselves to pass on that knowledge that that mentoring and being that 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 those figures to say oh make sure you do this make sure you are protecting yourself make sure you don't dilute you stick to your brand your core um and I think that that is a is a is a fundamental area I and and also a willingness to change your mind and your opinion on it you know I I, yeah. I kind of flip in and out of it it depends on where I am and who I speak to or you know from experience of when you speak to artists and how major labels are trying to exploit them that they feel or this is what's going on because there's no other alternative if you don't you you yeah. can buy your your future can look a lot more bleaker so i think yeah you guys now especially have kind of a bigger role within in that in, in terms of in terms of leaders do you do you see yourself as kind of leaders and having that responsibility to do because because for some people they'll say you know i'm not a role model we're not role but we just do our thing see you later go, we do a bit go do you think you're a little bit more than that um, no, so no, no, I don't think right. I, I, no, I don't, I don't think we've, I don't think we we're, we're out there to be role models. If that makes sense, you know, I don't want to be that kind of a person, but I do know that my actions have, you know, have, you know, can can influence people in terms of what we put out there, what we say, what we do. Um, so I guess that you know, like I said before, that. You know, our age range is is, is so wide. You know, I've had, I've had 11, 12-year-olds come up to us at events and, and wanting to sign, you know, uh, pieces of paper and all this kind of stuff. So really, you owe it to them as well, you know, about about what you say and how you go on on stage and the kind of music you release, you know. And then you, like, even if you get to universities and all that kind of stuff, and even the older fans as well, you know, like, I, I think we have a great way of, of, of communicating with all age ranges really well. Yeah. Um, and I guess that that is a little bit of a thought out process as well with it, because, you know, we want it to be that, you know, if you're at, you know, if you're at university or working or whatever is going out with friends on a Friday or Saturday night, wherever it is, you can understand the language that we're speaking and you can understand what we're doing. We want it to be that basically if you're an, of a little bit older generation and you're chill and you're, you know, might be with your son or your daughter that you can also relate to what we're doing. So, you know, that comes really good through the radio as well. So, you know, we get a lot of families tuned in and, kind of saying that you know if sometimes we might play a new remix of a song that might have come out in the 90s or whatever it might be you know the older person will go i remember when this first came out the younger one's like yo i'm here when the first one came out. so there's a lot of that we like that we like that we like that there's no that there's no separation between the ages when it comes to the music um so yeah a lot of that comes across but i guess in terms of like Knowing that we're role models, I don't want to put that out there because I don't think we are, but we always are conscious of the decisions that we make because we know they have repercussions to that kind of stuff. Um, but also, I like with the new generation, I keep a really, really good relationship with all of them. Um, that you know, and they all say you're an OG and all the rest of it, yeah. I understand that I'm old, <laughs> or we're old, we're old in, in the game, you know, but um. For us, I think it's really important that 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 um that I always like keep um a good relationship with these people because a they're also representing the music that we play. So in the same way, I don't you know I never want them to again make the mistake of going out and doing something that they might regret later on. Um, especially when I'm seeing the the good pool of talent that we're around currently. Um, you know I want them to make sure that they're making the most of it. So if I ever see somebody doing anything, I'll be like yo yo 
do it like this or whatever it might be. I'm 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 cool with that all the time. But also just kind of learning songs and you know and just getting it all 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 of the beautiful stuff that's coming through currently or even if it's new DJs, new creatives that are coming through. You know, I think over the last like two, three years, especially since lockdown, like I've connected with some really, really amazing people and mm. I'm glad to still have those relationships to now, you know, including you as well. You know, like I think <laughs> I, I think, know, I appreciate I think, it. Yeah. You know, we, we we connected over lockdown and, and I guess that that's kind of it, you know, and and again I think it's it's okay if you're on two different sides of the spectrum to just sit down and have a conversation is what it's about is you know the music and and the scene isn't just one sided it's it's loads of different sides you know and you know i i and you know to keep on mentioning his name Sid Musial i had a conversation the other day that somebody said to me that um they weren't a fan of Sid Musial and you're like what do you mean and they were like look because of this 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 and but i'm more of a fan of this person and this is the reason why and you've got to respect that yeah. because you know he, you know while he was an influential figure outside of music but when it came to music it's like chalk and cheese some people like your music and some people don't you know and 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 i guess that's what what comes down to I, it. I think that i think that's a, a massive point which is like you know there's food for everyone you know if you if, you if people got particular tastes there's different artists all this from there i think i think what we're probably trying to do is stimulate it that there's enough food on the table, you know, a variety, you know, because if you, if people just start having the one type, then you that that that's no good for anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's it's kind of a nice segue in terms of like mm-hmm. when you're looking at different types of music. How did you compile from when you were going from being a DJ and going into sort of the album arena when you for you know in in 2001 when you're putting out the album in terms of what yeah. how, how did you kind of formulate that? Um, I think we wanted to make sure that it showcased all of the different music we were listening to. Um, so we had garage music on there, we had R&B music on there, we had some hip-hop music on there as well, um, some dance or reggae music on there as well. I think that's kind of where we were in terms of the music scene that we were representing. You know, our peers around us were doing the same kind of things. So, you know, that's kind of really where we drew inspiration and, you know, uh, unfortunately the money and the time that you have in a cd is very very limited so you have to kind of showcase all of your things that you can do within those 74 minutes that you used to have on the cd yeah you know so how we used to formulate our music was kind of that and just make sure that all of the things that we you know were listening to and were being was being showcased all at one time um you know we try not we tried not to like fit into just one box you know we kind of wanted to be a little bit varied with it but as we got further down the road we kind of started to um you know really compress it into into a couple of lanes really so you know you mentioned it a few times already the track high high was the like for for me one of the the main introductions into going into yourselves and and seeing yeah. it from there so the first yeah. question i, I want to ask you is where is miss scandalous <laughs> miss scandalous is currently on a on 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 a little bit of a break um but again you know uh not to give too much away but she's really really happy with um the mark that she's left on the scene and hers being miss scandalous um and she really just wants to come back whenever she's ready to come back really i hate this when people come back just for being forced into it i think as an artist especially the caliber that miss scandalous is working in that um you know that she comes back whenever she's ready and she's got something to say um you know she's got like this new um fan base that's come through that is really speaking to 
young um, brown girls, you know, so, you know, about self-love, um, just navigating through the times that we're in. And she was talking about that in 2003, 2004. So I think, you know, the younger generation really appreciate that there is somebody of that caliber doing it. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's like she's she'll come back when she when when she's ready. So don't worry about that. No, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not going to be that person that puts out like the songs that never made the first album out, you know, just to kind of keep the money flowing in. You know, it's, 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 it was never about that. It was all about the art and about what we were trying to push. Yeah, I think I think when you when you, when you kind of reflect back on it and you, you go through the, the 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 successes and you know the good times and you 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 know you can't stop but yourself from when you hear a song to go reminiscing of when it is and knowing where you were when you heard it if you're that you know very connected to your music or knowing what you were doing or your your friends at the time and so I think when when people look back especially some of your albums and things like that they. Uh, you've got that nostalgic look. And I think a lot of artists, for example, may only live off one album and, you know, they're a, nostal they're a, a nostalgia act and they're getting all this, getting all yeah. their bookings coming through. Yeah, yeah. And then if you look at somebody like Miscandless or what you said, that it wasn't about money, it was more about the movement or kind of her own personal stuff. You have a lot more respect like that. It's almost kind of like a Lauren Hill kind of vibe where I'm going to do things on my terms, I'm going to get it. Get, get out there but, and the easier option was to kind of keep putting it out and actually diluting your work yeah I mean you know um, I guess I mean that was quite a long question <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. I was more of a statement thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. The thing, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot in it there you know and, and I guess that's, that's kind of what it is that you know sometimes I think it's because of God's grace that you know High High came together and it, mm. and it did what it did and, you know, it propelled us to where we are today. So we can never, ever forget about that. Um, you know, and the same with Scandalous, you know, it's hard because you we have that one standout song, you know, um, and it's so hard to compete against that every single time. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, we, we, you know, we've created some other big moments throughout that. So, you know, uh, Miss Scandalous's first album, you know, we had some songs on there as well. Um, Alicia's album as well. You know, we we're really into like promoting female voice, so we wanted that to be together as one. Um, and then, you know, in 2012, we ended up working with Rod for Diddy Khan. So, you know, we kind of really, really make sure that it's not. I mean, while we know that High High is like the 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 pinnacle of of what we're about and everything, but at the same time, we never want it to be that basically that was the only song and that we had nothing in between it. We want to make sure oh. that there were still sections in between it that, you know, and also that we were working with really, really high caliber artists at the same time as well. Yeah, so, you know, streets, was, every, yeah, you know, you had loads of stuff. I mean, like, interesting, yeah. you got off the wall background, uh, Michael yeah. Jackson there. You know, on the, yeah, on the other that's, side. That's, that's my birthday present um, where um, my, my family just gave me a, a wall of, um, of CDs that actually that I'm influenced by. So yeah, oh, look at that. Dr. I enter the 36 Chambers, Lauren Hill, Dr. The Chronic, Dog, Dr. Dre, um, Timberland Shock Value, Funkmaster Flex, Usher, Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die, Jay-Z Blueprint, One in a Million, Aaliyah, Off the Wall, um, Michael Jackson and Mary J. Blige was born one, Gangster oh. hard, hard to Earn, Nas Ilmatic and Dyer of Mad Van uh, Jodeci. So, um, yeah. That's... And you, you know, just talking about trying to live up to your second albums. Imagine some of them ones, their second albums after releasing that. You know, you had Thriller coming out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. got ODB. So I know exactly, you know, your portfolio, you might only get, 
you know, remembered for that one core. Some people don't even get a core moment, you know, from in there, but the repertoire. And, and I think your achievements for me personally is a bit around the longevity. You know, it's so yeah. rare around, you know, you'll have people, artists coming out, having that little phase and that, that little spurt, but you guys are still going, you know, you're still going to see what's what's happening at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that that's kind of it, really. You know, I mean, I know it always keeps coming back to high, high, and everyone's like, high, 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 high. <laughs> you know, I, I, I we appreciate that. But, you know, we want to make sure that um, when we're DJing in a club or when we're on the radio or whatever it might be, that we're saying, yeah, high, high is a great and amazing record, but have you heard this? And have you heard this song? And have you heard this new song? Also, do you remember when this came out that, that was also amazing that you might have forgotten about over the years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I guess that's what, that's what kind of keeps us in the mix with everyone because it's that um, reinvention and reintroduction of the music. You know, I've been in places where um, I, I know a couple of months ago, and I remember this after the boiler room that we did an event and um, I ended up playing, um, in Gigi by um, Dr. Zeus. Yeah. And um, it went off. And some guy comes up to me and goes, yo, what was that new song you played? Oh, what new song? He's like, yo, 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 here, look. I, I've got it. I've got it on my phone. I shazammed it. But I want to make sure because I think my shazam's wrong. So he's obviously shazammed it and it's come up as 2003. He's like, no, 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 that can't be. I said, mate, you have no idea, do you? Like, yeah, but wouldn't you love to be that position, you know, when you go there? You, it's like someone not watching The Godfathers for the first time. You're like, yo, yeah. your next month is going to be the best month of your <laughs> life. You know, look, you're like, interesting, you know, when we connected in May again, and yeah. then when you released Rung, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I I transported back to to that because the, 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 yeah. the vibes were in there. And I was like, you know, you know like, this is this yeah. so much stuff. I mean, with Rung, it was like a, it's, it was like a, we wanted to just put out some R&B music, to be honest. You know, everyone straight away said, you know, what, wh what's going on, man? Like, we're going to try it and what's going to happen and, and what's the, what, pro what promotional marketing have you got going on with it and how many websites? I'm not doing none of it. I'm yeah, just yeah, I'm yeah. putting music out for music and, you know, whether that means it, it, it sticks or not, it's fine. It's a great song, and you know that's what we love about it. You know, I think the only problem that happened with it is that our boiler room video trumps everything currently that we're doing. So, <laughs> I think that annoyed me as well. But <laughs> yeah, like... so you know, I think I think that's that's the issue. But I guess it, it's for good reasons. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, um, I think that there's there's a lot there's a lot going on that has to happen and does happen that we make sure that we're always in the right circles to um make sure our longevity within the music yeah, scene yeah. carries on you know your your the, the relationship with bbc asian network now you've one of the uh the veterans within there now um around it how has that experience been for you from your your first um introduction on being on radio to where it where it is now what how do you see that movement evolving has it how has it changed um i think i mean of course you know we've been on air for 20 years 10 of those years was one extra and 10 of that has been on on asian network or oh, a little bit over 10 um but i think that um i guess as well you know with any radio station any any person that it has to keep on evolving 
and you know the people that don't evolve with that station or whatever it might be kind of you know might might not be needed anymore and you know the people who do evolve they find different they they find to play different positions you know um it, i guess it and you know it's not it's not a mark or or a bearing of any kind of what kind of position you play within that station just sometimes that you know you might be needed for a bigger purpose at some point within that station so while you might be a complete and utter music person right now and you know you might be doing the late night show whatever playing music but you know there might be an opportunity for you to do uh, a documentary or something different within that station that actually propels you into a different place so there's a lot of a lot of that going on um you know i just really um i really want the age network and you know to keep on developing and keep on moving and and helping um not only just the new young artists come forward as well but also support that you know the current artists that are there as well um so there's a lot of that going on really you know i guess you know i think it's just time will tell really isn't it where where it kind of gets placed i think covid really really um set the marker for a lot of people you know but i guess for for asian network you know it became this one thing where you know it became one outlet for people to kind of get away from what was going on in the world you know and i guess it really really helped with that um but you know there's there's always a lot going on you know and like every other um corporation in the world is obviously there's obviously something going on that that is further up than the powers that be that is yeah, further up than what we are but i guess for us and the and the people that we always talked uh talk with around the bbc you know we're just all, always about the music really you know um and i guess that's the that's that's our job that's the main thing i'm gonna ask two unfair and loaded questions so i'm gonna <laughs> beforehand two yeah just two you you're do you feel that you did you got the enough credit and the clout for actually working in one extra yeah well it could we, maybe we could have got more but when i tell you that we were around people that really really believed in us and also really believed in the music scene um i'm still with those people to this day and if it wasn't for those people really championing what we did we wouldn't have better shows on one extra you know bearing in mind we started on one extra our show was on once a sunday um and it was on from like four till six in the morning yeah that's that's what the original plan was so you can just imagine that to take that to then transform that slot into a thursday night from 10 till 12 amazing listening figures for them to support um a Punjabi has got tour, which also had like Jesse to do. Um, at the time, this is obviously right. Jesse, Richard Rich Project, Jay Sean, Juggy, um, hot mixing up with Heartless Crew, Rampage, all the rest of it. You know, they really, really championed us. I think it was just again the evolution of the station that kind of meant that what we were doing at One Extra was now being kind of a little bit replicated on Asian Network. So maybe that there's a spot here where you guys can transform over to Asian Network and carry on that that whole tradition, which is yeah. actually what we did, you know. Um, and that's 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 fair enough to say, you know. That's that's not a problem, you know. There was never a situation where it's like, okay, guys, see you later. You're not needed anymore. There was really this thought process that came around 
um, how do we make sure that the legacy of Punjabi Hit Squad carries on and also the music that we put out carries on somewhere else. And again, you know, Asian Network was also the main fit for that at the same time. And uh, we carried that on an Asian Network. So, you know, I think that, that we def- we definitely got to where we want to be um, with with One Extra. Um, you know, we're, we're happy that they support us to this day, but also supported us at the time through the journey of what Desi Beats was, you know. And I guess anyone would be silly to think that, um, that you know, they would have that same type of um, thought process um, leading into like 2007 when there was this dip in Asian music and the uptake of Asian music within mainstream culture, um, you know, it's kind of it just kind of fizzled out. And that wasn't because of them. It was just because the our Asian producers that were around just weren't invested into Asian, into mainstream music or pushing music to the mainstream as much as they were before. I'm happy with that answer. Thanks for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you're happy. Um, the second question is leading on from my, I did a an episode last week, which is where I, I call it the jump off, where I get people from Instagram, I send in questions and old topics, and then I just answer them. In, yeah. in that way. Um, but one of the answers was around Asian media. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had, you know, a, a few months to kind of think of this and, and where it got to was... Over the last 18 months, we've had some of our biggest artists, AP Dillons, Yukura Nautilus, Diljeet Dasanj, all these people come and do a tour. It's been very unique timing because there was always this kind of gentleman's agreement that Gadasman would do one year and then nobody would clash him. Everyone else would do the year after. Yeah. Because he used to tour that way. Yeah. But over the last few years, that's gone out the window. Everyone's just like, I'm coming whether you like it or not. Yeah. And what I've noticed was that there was none of those big artists have done a real in-depth interview, especially with likes of, let's say, Asia, BBC mm-hmm. Asian Network as well at the same time, mm-hmm. because they've gone on this kind of no media policy. They control their own stories and their narrative. Do you see that as a positive or negative effect in the long term? The reason why I say that is because if we, if they don't, have these big interviews with big organizations, the smaller people who are trying to aspire, who are content creators on their, whether they're an influencer, a blogger or a journalist, they won't have access to these guys. And you kill that next generation of potentially coming through. Yeah. So do do you, what's your opinion of what I've just said? Have I got that wrong? Or do you think, I I know it's a very unfair and loaded question, but I I, I think that, there's two points here. If you're coming into the country and you're doing a a in-depth conversation with someone to do, if you're doing an in-depth conversation with somebody, A, are you doing it to sell tickets? Yeah. Or are you doing it because you want a person that is going to be interviewing you to, to let the fans know a bit more in-depth into what you're about? That's the first thing. Because obviously if you're doing it to sell tickets, I would be here just selling you tickets. So every single time you talk to me at the end of it, I'll be like, yeah, well, you know, you can see me at Wembley Arena or, you know, Birmingham NEC. That'll be the conversation that keeps on going on and on and on. Um, and the generation that comes now sees right through that. They know when they're being duped. They're not there to be like, oh, my God, he gave an amazing interview. And at the end, he said he's going to be here. Never works that way. Um, I know people who have done that 
and they've had to give away 2,000 tickets free of charge to an event that just happened for a massive start. Um, and it kind of gets into that situation um, where you kind of lose the essence of giving an interview. Um, if you're giving an interview to somebody, I think you should be doing it because you want to connect with your fans a lot more. But also, it's, di it's a difference from doing an interview on Instagram, let's just say, for instance, or, you know, like your own media platform. I think it's really good that you have somebody like yourself interviewing me and asking me questions that might not get asked from anybody else. Because a lot of the time, people ask, how did you get together? How did this happen? And that's it. But, you know, you kind of ask different questions that maybe you won't get that through that. So I think it's really important that you get a personal touch and a human touch to what you're trying to do. Um, and I think it's really, really important that um, the artists that come into the UK, if they have that whole thing of, I'm not doing any interviews, you have to also question why. What are you hiding from me that basically you're not going to do in interviews? I would be doing, I, I would choose, if I was to go to the UK, I would definitely pick up two or three of the bigger brands that are allowing me to do interviews, but also make sure that they're not the same kind of interview. So if they all sit down um, in a studio and talk through your life, that, that doesn't really interest me. But, you know, if there's a conversation, number one, about my life and all the rest of it, that's fine. But the second interview is about let's go through a music collection of what influenced you to get where. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. Or the third one's going to be what is, you know, let's do a kind of, I don't know, an episode like Top Gear, but with Shug, let's just say, for instance, because he's always talking about cars. So let's see how much he knows about cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff really interests me. Then on top of that, you're right. Now, you know, you've done the top people. Now, what about the younger generation that are coming through? You know, you have to find those people that are really, really interesting. Um, and this happens in, in other music cultures all day long. It just sometimes doesn't, doesn't happen with us. So, you know, where are those um, interviews that you're having with the grassroots level, um, with mid-level, you know, I guess, I guess people really need to understand that when they are coming to the country and they are doing these things, how do they make things look and sound different enough so that every media outlet that you do kind of gets the shine, you know, yeah, because obviously if everyone's seeing the same content pop up on your same feed over and over again, they're not going to really care. And also they're not going to distinguish between one brand and the other. Yeah, I, I think it's like, look, BBC Asian Network is, is the biggest radio station. And if our biggest artists are not going on there, you're like, what, what the fuck's that all about? Because, you know, it was almost, it was almost like, it, you know, where you see someone coming in to do a tour, that's the only time they're going to come into the country. Your your first in, your interview you've got to do is on Asia Network. I don't yeah. care who's it with. So you yeah. come on there because you're going to pick up little snippets and some people don't know that there was a concert going on. Um, yeah. And I just think that if they're not doing it from there, for somebody like myself trying to listen to them um, and pick up this, this is pre-podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. Like it's same exact point that you made is what are you hiding that you, that you can't do that or that you think that you, you, there's no value. If you think you're not yeah. getting any value by doing even a connection with the fans or doing yeah. something like that, I, 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 that's the bit where, you know, my sort of apprehension comes so, from. So again, like, you know, all of that a hundred percent. Also, if you're not even thinking outside of the box, 
other than an interview. Now, to be honest, Asia Network just isn't a radio station anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a YouTube channel. It's a, it's a media platform. TMZ. So, right. It, right. So now it's not only about being on air. And also this is Brit Asia and all of them. It's not just about being on the TV station or being on air. That is the number one thing. So just to give you an example, Ragav, um, if you look on Asian Network's page, Ragav, I was doing a mix that I usually do like on a Friday night and um, Ragav comes in and starts singing like one of the sections of his song. It's up on their page. Um, If I tell you something that Ragav wasn't even meant to be in the country. He had literally just flown in from like another gig and he'd call me and he was like, let's go, like, he'd call D&I and he was like, let's, should we grab some food or whatever? I was like, yeah, cool, let's grab some food. And he'd just come to the radio station. He's like, it's just easier to meet me there. He'd come to the radio station and then when he'd met us there, um, I was doing this mix and then he was like, yo, it'd be hilarious if I just pop out and start singing, isn't it? I'm like, no, it's not going to be hilarious if you did. It'll be hilarious when you do it. Here's a microphone. I'm going to start cutting it up. decent and record it on his iPhone. And you just come out and start singing the song. And, and it's something just so simple like that. But online got so many yeah, yeah, yeah. hits towards it. And again, it wasn't about I'm here to promote something. And this is like bearing in mind the song that I used was, um, you know, the bigger hits for him. But it wasn't when it just come out. This song had been out for two and a half months. So actually, he's already had his next song already out at the same mm. time. Mm. So it wasn't like I was doing it because I'm here to promote your song. I'm, you know, we were just actually messing about in the studio and he just decided to be a part of that. And I think it's that. I think it's the point of that those relationships still really, really need to be together and need to happen. And then original forms of content need to keep on happening as well. Because again, like I said, if you keep on having the same content with different media platforms, it's just not going to work. You know, people are going to see through that all the time. Yeah, no, no, really, no, honestly, I really appreciate you actually answering the question from there because it was like, it's some that something that's really bugging. It's really bugging me. Um, I don't know whether you have whether it's because you have an extra filter on because of that. You see it now, um, but I just thought, I, I don't think it's a good look for them. I really don't think it's a good. Look. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it is because I think then you become like, like kind of what maybe ha- happens in India where they control you know, the media side of things a little bit. And you don't really want that to happen. You know, you what you want is you want an artist to come in and feel comfortable. And it could be anything. I think it would be great if, and I know that Honey Singh has done this a little bit as well. He talks about his mental health a little bit now. Now, it'd be really good if he can come into the UK and he talks about that. But I'm pretty sure that if you're a promoter and you're trying to sell a ticket, it's not going to be cool for him to do that at a time when he's trying to promote a tour. And that's cool, but Huntington comes into the UK or is around enough times outside of tour time to come in and do something special, you know, whatever it might be, you know. Um, and again, I think that's that's really like, you know, with Jazz Dami, you know, we went to his, his concert yeah. for his brother. You know, I think it's really good that he kind of speaks about those situations because a lot of the time, not everything is just, you know, amazing, you know. You know, Jazz Dami might have great records. He has, you know, an EP out. Everything might be going well in his life, but you also have this big influence in his life, which is his brother, yeah. who's going through something really bad. And, you know, Jazz Dami, man, he's he's doing everything he can in yeah, his power yeah. to yeah. to to change the outcome or to try and change the outcome. 
And I think that's a beautiful story. You know, I think those things need to be spoken about in the same way that they are spoken about in any other place. You know, you get loads of people, Dua Lipa, all these other people can go on any media station and talk about everything they're doing in their lives or what's not going what's not going right in their lives. And it still sell tickets. So yeah. why should it be it's, different within our music scene? I, I had a, you know, I, I know Juggity pretty well. And I think I was one of the first, if not the first podcast where he kind of talked about his addictions kind of back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was like, if you think about how, um, you know, he calls himself the Punjabi rock star, and you're like, a rock yeah. star has addictions, has yeah. drugs, do all of these things, you know, within there. It's in the name. But there was another side of that industry which saying, oh, we can't show people that we drink. We can't show people that these exist and that we've got to be very clean cut. Now, through yeah. his experience of sharing his problems, the amount of people that have opened the door for him to speak to, to get into treatment is massive. Yeah. And so I yeah. think th those layers and those that need to be peeled off and having those discussions are becoming more and more because, as you say, listeners now know all of this stuff online. And if you go and do an interview, you don't get asked that. They were like, oh, forget it. There's no point. It's, I it's, mean, it's Juggy, yeah, Juggy is, is the actual example that we can talk about. Yeah. You know, he has issues and, you know, that's documented. He even says he has those issues. That's cool. So we're not putting anything out there that isn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's forthcoming in his problems. He apologised for his problems. He now gets help for his problems. Mm -hmm. He now documents his problems to the point where he tells people, I'm this sober, I'm yeah. this many days away from all these things. Uh, we've been around Juggy and he's yeah. even said, I can't be around yeah, that, yeah, yeah, those people. I can't be uh, in all of these positions that are, are 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 triggers for him. Great, but he is still booked across the world. <laughs> he is still he is still at weddings. He is still in clubs. He is still you know overseas doing all these kind of things. He's still doing all sorry. He's still doing all of these things. He's still doing all of these things that are still important to him being a music star. And I think that's a really, really good place to be. That people know you and they know you and they support you on the journey. And, you know, it's, it's okay to be like that. You know, it's yeah. not a problem. And from his posts, how many lives that he's had an impact on in saving, he, he'll never know, but, you know, he's, he's taking that gamble. Yeah, man. Right, uh, I'm going to bring it to a close <laughs> at this bit, Rob. So th th this is known as the, the, this is the Bandwagon Podcast. And in yeah. this, uh, in this space, I'll give an opportunity to to my guest. Is there a bandwagon that they want to jump on? Is there a bandwagon that they want to jump off? Or is there anything that they want to get off their chest? This is the space to do so. So, Rav, this is your opportunity. I'm not sure. I don't know what, what I'd like to get off my chest. I think there's more and more people need to start taking up and realising what kind of positions they play within our music scene. So artists, producers radio stations um tv stations all the rest of it like you know if your whole um if you're built on promoting uk talent and you know have that as a part of your title and you're not doing that then you can't complain about the uk scene being so slow in terms of uptake you know i've really really had to dig and find artists from the uk especially Bhangra music, 
to kind of try and figure out what's going on and what to bring out and what to you know kind of showcase on our on our radio station and a lot of the time when i speak to them they're like we can't sustain this because we don't get help from any of these people you know asian network's probably one of the few that do do it but you know there's so many other radio stations out there that i think need to really really and not really radio stations but blogs and everything need to really really step up and realize that the world kind of looks at the uk as being the epicenter of all of this mm. so if we're not showcasing it if we're not doing well and we're not bigging it up ourselves you know you can't complain about it then you know canada has got his own ecosystem in terms of the amount of great talent they're pushing out and everything you know america the same india's the same all these things are, are so amazing but really we need to start carving out and we need not to say that it's gone away, but we need a Desi Beats part two of a music scene, of a genre of music to come together and kind of push that forward again. You know, um, that's kind of really it. I don't think there's anything else. That's what you got to do now. But, um, <laughs> Rav, honest to God, I really, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, I hope you um, enjoyed it as well. Thank uh, you. You know, just to hear some of the lessons and your opinions on certain things. I think it's really important, you know, they're documented and we know, you know, for the next generations or even people now can pick up those lessons and help to support you moving on what you're trying to do, how they can support themselves. It's, I think it's massive. No, thank you so much, man. And it's important as well that, you know, people like you exist as well in this, in this, in this landscape, you know, it's, it's great to have, peers and also you know podcasts like yours and people like you as well who are really passionate about making sure that the right voices are heard in the right way Rav have a good Christmas look after yourself and we'll we'll check in definitely in the new year bro take care man peace Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.